Today's reading will come from uh, the book of John, chapter 1, verses 29 through 42. I will be reading from the New International Version. (coughs) The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him in about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is, the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which, when translated, means Peter. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Ever-equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds which rest upon our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. May I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Sixty years old, experiencing epiphany. Do you know what epiphany is? Epiphany is a new understanding or a new insight. And this is the season of epiphany in the church when we celebrate and we try to experience God in a new way. It's a new year. It's how you start the new year off. The man had been a teacher all his life, but at 60 years old, or young, however you want to say that, he stood before a national TV program and was trying to reinvent who he was. His name's Greg Morton. He's a, he's a comedian. He's a wonderful impersonator. And the first time I saw him performing, his act was about Star Wars. And he went through and he did every voice. He started with Darth Vader and then he went to Luke and and, and he went to to, um, Jabba the Hutt. And then he went to Yoda and Obi-Wan and Princess Leah. And he went all the way through the Star Wars cast, C-3PO and R2-D2. And then he finished with the most perfect interpretation 
of Chewbacca that I've ever heard. And I was hooked. Chewbacca's my favorite Star Wars character. He's big and he's hairy and he's loud and he's my kind of guy. But on that day, Greg Morton had an epiphany. He had an epiphany in his life because he got to be who it was God was forming him to be. Now, his career as a teacher had been great, but in his heart, since he was little bitty, he had wanted to make people laugh. And he experienced an epiphany because he paid attention to what was going on in his life. How many of you have had an epiphany in the last week where you've paid attention to what's going on in your life and it's specifically an epiphany with Jesus? Let me ask that question again. How many of you have had an epiphany in your life in the past week, especially an epiphany with Jesus? Okay, one. We're doing good. But what we want to understand is that we have to, like Dakota said, we have to keep our eyes open. We hear today in the text about where John has an epiphany in his life. Last week, we talked about John baptizing Jesus. And this week, we find in the gospel of John, we find that he, John the Baptist has an epiphany in his life because he comes to an understanding. The, the writer of John doesn't tell about the baptism of Jesus. He tells about John the Baptist's proclamation of the baptism of Jesus, the fulfillment of the prophecy. He talks about, look, here comes the Lamb of God, is what John said. He spoke into reality that which he had experienced through Jesus. Anybody have lunch date this week? You didn't, anybody go take anybody out? Or maybe an evening date where you went out with some people? Or you went to somebody's house to be entertained? Or I want to wonder if the conversation was about how you saw Jesus this week. Did you talk about that? Did you, was your conversation centered on statements like, look, I saw the Lamb of God. This is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Were you that, that, that loud and bold in your proclamation of who Jesus is in your life? I'm going to bet most of us the answer is No. I said us. I'm going to bet most of us the answer is no. It's easy to talk about what's going on in the NFL, what's going on in politics, what's going on in Paris, all of those things. It's easy to talk about. But why is it for those of us who believe in Jesus, whose lives have been changed by the Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, why is it hard for us to boldly proclaim the epiphany in our life? Why is it hard for us to see the epiphany in our life? The gospel writer challenges us today because he says, the next day, John, with his disciples, proclaimed, this is the Lamb of God, the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on to say, and the next day, do you get it? Not just one day did he proclaim, but he proclaimed the next day with two of his disciples. And they heard what he was saying, and they went to be with Jesus. It's the power of testimony in our lives. It's the power of proclamation in our lives. It's the power of what John the Baptist embodied on those days. And then it even goes on to say, and the next day, Andrew, who is my favorite disciple, you know, Barry Andrew, we went, 
He's my favorite disciple. He went with Jesus and he asked him questions. Where are you staying? You see, they inquired because they hadn't experienced an epiphany in their life. They had come to the reality that it was the Christ they needed. It was the fulfillment of the prophecy that they needed in their lives. What about us? Are we so caught up in our own personal lives or making our families look perfect or or recovering our house after the holidays or getting our life back on order and, and getting things situated that we don't see? That we don't see the epiphany that's right before us? I want, I, want, I want to know if you can boldly proclaim the epiphany of your life. How many people have you ever shared your story of when you came to know Jesus? Have you trusted people enough to say, this is who I was? I had an epiphany and this is who I am. Have you trusted people enough into your life enough, trusted God enough with your life to be able to speak about something that might be a little bit uneasy? Now, I know all of us are shy of the question of if you died today, where would you be, right? We don't like that kind of evangelism. Have you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? That's a little too bold. That's a little too in your face for society today. And And kindly, it can be used to put people down and it can be offensive. But what we can do is we can tell about where we've seen the Christ. We can tell about what we've experienced in the Christ. You see, David Luce, a scholar that I love to read, he says there's three things we need to do as faithful evangelists of the gospel. And that's what we are, right? Once we receive Christ as Lord and Savior and we've changed our life, God empowers us to bear witness to the world. That's what John was doing. That's what John was doing when when he started to proclaim who Jesus was day in and day out and into the next day and the next day. He was proclaiming the gospel in his life. And that's what happens to us when we accept Jesus as the Christ. We take who we were before we met God. And we proclaim who we are after we encountered the Christ and we share it with others. Now, David Luce will say we need to notice where God's at work in our lives because every day can be a day of an epiphany for us. Every day, if you pay attention to what's going on around you and you're open yourself to the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll see God at work. You'll see God at work in some of the most amazing, minute ways you never thought. I watched a red bird in my yard the other day. It was amazing. Where I come from, this is the dark of winter. The snow blows and the cold wind blows and the birds are nowhere to be seen. It's January and there's birds landing on my tree. And I looked out there and I said, God, you're amazing. You're amazing that you provide a place where a bird can go in the cold of winter. I saw a diving duck the other day rise up out of the pond and swallow its catch and then dive back in again. And I said, God, you're so amazing. I I got up and I ran out to the edge of the pond and I watched and I wanted to see that duck surface again. I never saw it happen. But I knew that that duck was being provided for. 
I, I knew that God was providing a way in the life of the animals that were around me. I knew that God was at work in creating the day. I knew when I sat at the, the table with friends and we celebrated birthdays that God was present with us as we laughed and we built our relationships. And we got to live into growing and loving one another more as brothers and sisters of Christ. I began to notice that God was with us. The music was loud. The food was good. The company was great. But in the relationships, there was a general love for everybody. And God's spirit set with us. Do, do we notice God to that minute detail? Do we notice God so much that, that we're going to give God credit for the, the little things in our lives? The opportunity to, to share, to, to, to feed, to offer a hand up to somebody? Do you notice God working and, and opening opportunities? I met a man this week who, who was doing some work and, and I was just moved by the Spirit to go and shake his hand. And he had a one-syllable name, and I, I won't forget the name, but he reminded me of someone from my past, and immediately I was moved by the Spirit to pray for my friend Popcorn. Popcorn was a homeless man in Amarillo, Texas, who had lived up in Utah and rode a mule everywhere he went, and his mule knew the way to the bar and the way home. But Popcorn found Christ, and he wound up with the Salvation Army in Amarillo, Texas. And Popcorn and I got to be friends and brothers in Christ. And the man I met, his name reminded me of Popcorn. And immediately the Spirit moved on me to pray for Popcorn. You see, if we notice the little things in our lives, if we notice just a little bit in our lives, we'll get an epiphany. We'll get a new understanding of how broad God is. I don't know where Popcorn is. I don't know what he's doing, but I know that on that moment that God prompted my spirit to pray for popcorn. That that's what we're called to do as people of God. We're supposed to notice where God is. Do you notice where God is in your life? And more importantly, not only do you take notice, but are you willing to tell somebody? I often hear this phrase, oh, it's not my story to tell. It's God's story to tell. And if God involved you in the story, you can respectfully even holding people's privacy. I've changed names to protect the guilty and the innocent. You can tell the story of God. How many of us are too shy to even share why we come here? Could you turn to your brother and sister in the pew and give them one reason why you come here? What's your reason for showing up every week? Are you bold enough to share? If I stopped the sermon right now and asked you to share with the stranger next to you or the person next to you, would you do that? Because, see, that's the next step in what God wants us to do with this text. God not only wants us to notice where God's at work and how God's at work and the epiphanies in our lives, but we have a responsibility. Christ didn't die for us. Christ died for us so that we might bear witness about Christ to others. Because what I'm saying is, our salvation isn't a selfish salvation. It's to be shared with all people, all walks of life, all lifestyles, all races. God is a diverse God. I read this week 
where former President Jimmy Carter is leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Sixty years he's been a deacon. He's been a Sunday school teacher. I'm sure he's spoken many a pulpit. And he's leaving the Southern Baptist Convention because he's had an epiphany in his life. You see, he noticed God was moving around him. And he noticed some things within the religious context that he, he, he worshipped weren't quite right. And it was the issue of women in the church. And Jimmy noticed what God was doing. And Jimmy's bold enough to share, to share that this is why. And to give witness to who it is God is in his life and what God's doing in him. Nothing against the Southern Baptist Convention. Those people who are there understand that's who it is God is to them. And we as disciples understand who God is to us. But there are times in our life when God moves us and changes us by the power of the Holy Spirit that we have to expand our understanding of who God is and who we are as God's people. And if we'll notice that in our lives... God gives us the ability to share that, to talk about it. You know, it's okay to talk about something else besides football and politics. In fact, I just soon we leave football and politics out of the church. And let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about the, the, the people who are in strife who call and say, I don't know if I can go another day. Let's talk about the people who are hungry on our streets. Let's talk about the people who are having relationship troubles. Let's talk about your own life, that you can't control your thought process. Let's talk about those things that are dragging you down, and you notice that God's working on you because God heightens you, heightens your awareness. There's nothing better than to have people to share with. One of my questions daily with my, I mean weekly with my accountability group that I do is where have you seen God this week? Where have you seen God in action this week? Folks, if you'll walk in the world with that question in your mind, it'll heighten your awareness where you can notice where the power of the Holy Spirit is at work, where you see the Messiah's actions at work in the world. And if we're going to continue to bring others into the relationship with God, we have to share it. What did John do? He was with his disciples, his disciples, not Jesus' disciples. He was with his disciples. And two of them went to follow Jesus. Do you think John ran after him and said, No, 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 you've got to stay in my church. No, 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 you belong to me. No, 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 their theology is not straight. I mean, what, how, how for much? Their music's not the same as ours is. What other excuse you want to use? They ran for Jesus because John had introduced them to Jesus. He had told them about Jesus, and then their understanding became so much more. They wanted to be with Jesus. Do you hear me? They wanted to be with Jesus. How many of us want to be with Jesus? I mean, I know on Sunday morning at 10.50, we're going to all come together and we're going to be with Jesus. But what about the rest of the week? 
Do you want to be with Jesus? Do you really want to be with Jesus? And Andrew, I love him because he's bold. He not only brought his brother Simon to Jesus, he brought the little boy who had the five, five loaves and two fishes. He, he brought him to Jesus. I mean, Andrew's my hero. He said, where are you staying? Jesus, where are you staying? Have you asked Jesus that lately? Where are you staying, Jesus? Are you staying? Am I staying with you? Am I staying with you? You know, I have grandkids. They're three and they're four. And I have extra bedrooms in my house. And, and they live a long way away from me. And I'm trying to get up the nerve to be brave enough to tell their mother and dad that they can come and spend the night with us. But they're three and four. And I'm just not quite brave enough to do that yet. In fact, my little boy, he asked me the other day, he says, Papa, can we come stay with you? And I was like, what do you say? It's what Andrew was doing. He was running to the Christ and he's saying, God, I want to be with you. How many of us get up every morning of our life and we say, God, I want to be with you. Jesus, change my life today. Show me where you're at work in this world. Help me notice so that I can share with others. How many of us do that in our lives? Or do we get up with our daily schedules because we have all these work responsibilities and people we have to contact and things we have to do and recliners we have to sit in and all those things we have to do. And we don't make room for God. We don't make room for the Christ. How can we, the people of God, bear witness to the world if we're not going to take notice of where God is, invite God to be with us and share it with others? And then there's the next step. Not only did the two disciples run after Jesus. Rabbi, teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus gave them the same invitation he gives us. Come and see. Come and see. Come and see. Hey, Barry, is what the text said. We're going out Friday night and we're going to eat and there's a band playing and we're going to dance. You and Mary want to go? Hello. We love to dance. And we get to eat food. I mean, we jumped at that opportunity. Hey, God. Will you help me see where you are at work? Will you use this opportunity so that I can see you amidst the crowd? God's asking us to come and see and be a part and we have to come and we have to take notice and we have to talk about it and share it. And then what we have to do is the hardest thing for most people in this world to do and that's to invite someone else in the journey. When? When's the last time you said, come with me? Come and see. I encountered God in a great way today. Come and see. Let me tell you all about it. Come and see. Do you know what God did in my life? Let me tell you all about it. You want to get down on your knees? Come and see. Will you walk with me through this next process? Come and see. You see, if we're going to embody the faith, we have to embody the faith. Greg Morton, he's booked solid. I mean, his life changed. He has, 2020 is booked up. And I'm going to tell you that I went and I listened to his 
dialogue on Star Wars again. His impersonation of Star Wars again. And I'm going to tell you that I closed my eyes. Because not only did I love watching his facial expressions and what all he did to impersonate. But my mind went straight back into Star Wars. I could see Darth Vader. I could see the lightsaber. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? I could see Yoda. There is no try. And of course, my favorite character, uh, Chewbacca. Oh my gosh. When he did Chewbacca, I just got chills up my arm because it was so real. With his story, he invited me to come and see. And every time I play it, I get to come and see. I wonder in our lives if we're willing to be bold enough to take notice of where God is. And then to share that with others that are around them and invite them into a holy moment. Greg Morton embodies a comedian. He is comedian. You look at him. He has big old plastic glasses on and a grin that goes across his whole face with a few gaps in his teeth. And he's just, you can just tell by listening to him, he's a comedian. I wonder if people can tell by listening to us, we're a follower of the Christ. God invites us to come running. Because when we come running to God, we're going to experience something that's going to change us. From now on, he said to Simon, your name is Cephas. Peter, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church. Let us be people of God who take notice, who share, and who invite others to come and see. Amen. Amen. Amen.